You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Oz, welcome back to the Oz Network. Uh, we're here covering week number five of Survivor New Zealand. We're into episodes nine and ten of the show. We've hit the merge, which is always really exciting. Um, it would be even more exciting if I hadn't recorded half this podcast and then somehow managed to fuck it up. That's uh, the ma- the magic of podcasting. There, you know, we leave nothing out on the show. Uh, so anyway, this is uh, Nick, and uh, happy to be back with you here talking about the merge. And, and joining me here, of course, is Perez. Hello, and I wasn't the one who fucked it up. Ha ha ha. Yeah, just for the record, you know. I, I will be well scolded by Ben when he gets back. I'm not looking forward to the punishment that might come along with that. But, uh, <laughs> let's, let's not talk about that right now. I'm scared to even think about it. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's good to be back and talking about this merge. And I think um, when you and I have talked about this show, Perez, I think one of the things that we've probably talked about a lot is that the show sometimes feels a little bit dragged out. And I think this is probably really encapsulated well in these two episodes because we've got our you know kind of merge A and merge B episodes. And I think if you took everything that happened in these two episodes and you can Condensed it down into one episode. It probably would have been a really tight and fun episode, but it just feels a little bit dragged out. So I think it's a really good kind of way of the, the kind of the problems, but also the potential that the show's had over the first kind of five weeks. Yeah, definitely. Had they condensed both these episodes down, we would have had a really slick, polished good episode yeah yeah but um i mean i don't want to completely write it off because i think there's a lot of fun that happened on this this episode and i think a lot of the things that we'd kind of been talking about for a few weeks have kind of borne out and, and kind of happened and you know so we've kind of seen some of the um you know those storylines start to play out a little bit and um so for me that I, I i can't say i was hugely surprised by what happened in this episode but um, i also think it was nice to see some of the things that we have kind of been expected actually pay off because i think sometimes if, if something doesn't happen the way you expect it to and it's edited funny then it can kind of piss you off as well yeah i'd agree with that yep. yeah yeah so i mean um we always like to start these things with um you know really high level we're, we're right into the spoilers here we don't try and keep anything from you so you know if you're looking for a spoiler free podcast this is not the one for you so you know starting off really high level we you know started at redemption island obviously had the georgia versus shay showdown and and shay won which was a bit of a surprise to both of us i think and um and and then we headed into our merge and uh and Obviously, uh, the episode that's just happened, we saw our friend Lee get voted out. So that's kind of where we're at. Um, George is gone. Shay's back in the game. And Lee's off to Redemption Island. So we've got uh, nine active players in the game and, and one sitting on Redemption Island at the moment. So that's kind of where we're at as, as we kind of head into this. And um, there's probably a little bit of stuff we can kind of unpack before we get to the merge. I think um, if we look at the, the Mogaton tribe, I think the, the, the one thing that I kind of looked at was, you know, the bit of the sausage fest that was going on there. Um, they're dragging logs around for God knows what reason. I'm not quite sure how they thought they were going to burn such a big log, but but anyway, um, and um, you know I think kind of the the two key things that um, that we have kind of been thinking about was you know what's Tom's next move because obviously you know he had this kind of backhanded move to try and vote for Mike and save some face for Shay, which just didn't really work. Um, and I think for whatever reason we haven't really been able to identify um, exactly what it is about Tom that kind of makes people not really buy into what he's saying and i think this is a good example here where mike doesn't really buy his story shay didn't really even buy that what he was doing and so he's kind of come out as you know a no-win situation here this isn't good for him going forwards yeah tom's in a bit of a a bit of a bum situation he's in a situation no person playing survivor would really want to be in 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, I don't want to steal your thunder too much, but um, you did make a, a comment earlier on when we were talking, and I did want you to kind of recap that a little bit, which is around what Tom's profession is, and that might be playing into a little bit of why he's he's kind of talking to people and, and maybe not realising that what he's getting back isn't receptive. Yeah, well, Tom is a school teacher, and we don't hear much about his profession, but we don't really see too much as to why he's a questionable character amongst his tribe mates. And I'm thinking, being a school teacher, he's probably used to being around students who aren't on his level, so he's always talking in a way that is, you know trying to train people, I guess, educate them. And he might not be conducting himself in a way that he acknowledges his tribe mates being on his yeah, level. Yeah, so I think that's, you know, it's, it's a really important point because we haven't really talked about what these guys do for a job um, other than maybe Nate being a cop and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, we haven't really talked all that much about what else is going on here with these players in terms of their profession. So I think that that's, you know, quite interesting to talk about. And, you know, it's obviously something that might be playing out with Tom. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's something to kind of keep in the back of our minds as we move forwards, I suppose. But, um, yeah, I, and I guess probably the other thing that we could talk about with uh, with with Mogaton is, is really Jack and you know I'd kind of made this point on Twitter a little bit that um, you know Jack talks quite openly here about the fact that he's comfortable in this position that he's in with this group and you know I'm kind of in two minds about it because you know the whole idea of Survivor is you want to be in a tight alliance where you know you're going to be safe but at some point you have to kind of go it on your own and make a move and I think probably Jack is somebody I've been a little bit disappointed in because I kind of thought he might be that kind of Zeke player who's you know a big fan who comes and plays Survivor and and you know he wants to kind of prove himself and and he seems quite happy to just kind of sit back and and let other people run the game for him and um, you know that generally doesn't work out all that well especially for characters like Jack where they're probably not going to end up sitting next to somebody that is not respected at the end and you know like they're not going to do the Natalie White type of thing you know get to the end having let other people do all the moves and, and pick up the votes at the end um, so I'm not quite sure if Jack really realizes the, the situation he's put himself in yeah I think it, I think it's with Jack I think it's just a lack of uh I don't want to say it's a lack of maturity or a lack of intelligence, but I think where he's lacking is he doesn't seem to be aware of how he is perceived. He, he, he seems to have a good idea of himself, but he doesn't seem to have a good idea of how people Yeah, I think him. so. And and I think you're probably right is that we do kind of forget that Jack is only kind of like 22. He, he doesn't look like he's a, you know, such a young kid, but he really is. And, and I think sometimes that kind of catches up with him. So that's probably the main stuff that's happening on Mogaton before we kind of get to Redemption Island. And I think over on Hamosa, um, you know, we, we've got really the whole situation, you know, setting up the whole thing of, you know, Shannon's going to be the big swing vote and we kind of get that throughout this this whole two episodes but this is kind of where it starts a little bit and um, I think one of the things I was really interested in is that we got this comment from Barb about you know she, she gets sick of Shannon being so on edge and, and all that kind of thing and you know she should just sit back and relax and you know Barb's in a similar situation to Jack in a lot of ways that you know she's not having to make any decisions and you know her butt's not really in the sling in the situation whereas Shannon is going to have to make some active moves in this next round which is going to impact the rest of her game so I can kind of understand that Shannon's probably a little bit more on edge I mean I'm the the unapologetic Shannon fanboy here so that's probably no surprise to anybody but um yeah I mean uh, uh, what's your kind of feelings as before we kind of get to this merge about Shannon and what's going on there well to, well, I think like an analogy for it would be that Shannon has got 
a gun. She is a shooter. Barb is just a target, a sitting duck. Like we, have you ever played that game where it's like a VR game? The uh, Until Dawn, where you're like shooting those ducks oh, yeah, with the yeah, targets on it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Barb. She's a duck. Yep. So she's. Just- yeah, Shannon's got a gun. Shannon's got to decide where she's going to shoot, and Barb just needs to quack quietly. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting way of putting it, eh? But uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely get that. Um, yeah, so I mean, I'm not sure there's too much else we really need to talk about in terms of of kind of where we're going here. But uh, you know, we kind of get into this Redemption Island jewel, and you know, we get the whole thing of both tribes are going, and you know, I, I think this kind of this whole thing about both tribes going has been a bit of a flat thing on this season because I think more often than not, the whole tribe has gone rather than you know representatives. Yeah, it's, it's, kind, yeah. Of, it's kind, kind of a weird one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, anyway, we kind of get, we kind of hit this merge and um, oh, sorry, this Redemption Island challenge first before we get to the merge. But uh, you know, it's um, obviously we're going to be looking at Georgia versus Shay in this one. And I don't know what you thought going into this, but you know, I thought the storyline was definitely leading us along the road that Georgia was coming back into the game and, and you know Shannon was going to have to make some tough decisions in terms of you know Georgia's back in the game and what do I do and blah 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 and that's it's actually not what happens here but we get this awesome challenge where it's the old house of cards challenge which is always fun um and you know like I was expecting something a little bit different because I'd forgotten about the preview for next week that we saw last week and um I I really enjoyed this one because it was so close you know oh yeah I think they edited it really well It, it was uh I, th- I think there was a lot more genuine suspense in this challenge than we've seen from the other yeah, original challenges. Yeah, I think probably a bit more of an epic challenge as well. I mean, um, you know, no disrespect to some of the other ones they've had, but you know, kind of throwing beanbags onto onto targets is is not always the most exciting. <laughs> I think you know the ones that, the very first one they had where it's kind of the jailbreak. That's always lots of fun. Um, but yeah, there's you know, this is definitely a fun one because of the, you know it is a reasonably epic challenge, and you know they're building something and, and all that kind of stuff, which I, I really enjoyed. But um, yeah, I mean, how surprised were you that it was that it was Shay and not Georgia? I was probably seventy five percent surprised. I think they've set Shay up a lot as a big character, and I think had Shay gone out, we would have lost a good character. With Georgia going out, I feel like we lost a potential storyline so i'm glad it was shay that yeah i think i kind of agree with you there and that i think the potentially more interesting and and i like i really like georgia but you know i think the more interesting character going forwards is probably the one that we've kept which is really cool um but i think in terms of it would have been a lot more interesting if georgia had come back into the game because i think it would have made shannon's decision much much harder you know like I, i thought that a lot of the tension of what would happen at this vote was taken out when when georgia was taken out really because it kind of made it a no brainer for shannon in my opinion um and you know, like when they were doing, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but you know, when they're doing some scenes with with her and Arvi talking, I mean, that was a like they had done no storyline building that Arvi might possibly switch. So I knew for sure that wasn't going to happen. Um, so so for me, it kind of just yeah. took everything out of it. I mean, I would have liked to have seen Georgia stay, but I do think probably Shea is the more active player in the game. So I think potentially there's 
there's a lot more to tell in terms of where Shea's going to stay. I do kind of find it weird because we obviously got when we and we laughed about them last week because those kind of dead fish scenes of Shea, <laughs> just just kind of lying in the camp. And, you know that can't be good for her long term storyline. Is that you know she's the one who's been shown just kind of lying around doing nothing when her when her you know her life in the game is on the line. So you know I think that's quite interesting. But you now like this really kind of epic challenge at the end here where you know it's like you know Shay's rushing down and pulling off cards from her you know and it's like you know just as she's like pulling ones out that might make the whole thing fall over and you look over and then George's one collapses and it's like oh my god this is you know this is what you want from a challenge like I'm not a big challenge guy when it comes to Survivor it's not the thing that I really enjoy about the show but this was an occasion where it really really was fun yeah I'm not that much of like a big challenge woohoo yay challenge viewer either but i really like georgia's little michaela moment when she just threw the yeah, car yeah. down on yeah. her no it was great i mean was, and you felt for it too eh? because i mean <laughs> it's just so close like it just and you know basically all she had to do was like she was just ahead of shay and she just had to keep going and you just see the whole thing start to collapse and it's like oh no this is not yeah. good for her so yeah, and I think the other thing I loved about this challenge is watching Matt kind of run around, you know, like he's up and down on the stairs and, you know, like he's just really, really invested in it. Like, you've got to, <laughs> you've got to give Matt that he is, like, fully invested in doing what he's doing as the host, you know, like he's... It, he was very enthusiastic and an enthusiastic I viewer. I mean, I know, I know Jonathan Lepaglia has got his fans out there, but, you know, one thing I always struggle with Jonathan was that he... He did seem like he was too cool for this, you know. And whereas Matt is not like that at all. Like he is so enthusiastic about it, and he's clearly loving what he's doing. And um, yeah, it's fun. He is, yeah, so yeah, it's, happy it's to awesome. Be it's really cool. <laughs> and I mean, I, I'm not just saying that because Matt's, you know, really active on Twitter and he likes our posts and all that kind of stuff, which really helps. But you know, he is just like a really active participant in this whole experience, which is cool. You know, that's what you really, really want, and I, I, I love it. Um, but anyway, yeah, we get this, uh, you know, obviously Georgia goes out of the game and, and, you know, that was really, really disappointing. And she was obviously like really, really gutted to be leaving too, which hasn't, hasn't always been the case. Like last week with Izzy, like Izzy was like, yeah, uh, you know, that sucks, but you know, that is what it is type of thing. And Georgia's obviously like really, really disappointed that she's out of the game. And, you know, I, I do like the kind of fight in her. It did make it really worth, you know worth watching and she was a good a good player in this game and I do feel so sorry for her because I think like we go back and we talk about it a little bit and you know Georgia to me was the player that you know was kind of holding that whole Hermosa alliance together you know like I think you know like and we see some yeah. scenes later on where Shannon and, and Mike are talking and there's just you can just see the connection isn't there and it was obviously Georgia who was kind of keeping everybody together she was that like that vital chain in the link and the sorry the link in the chain and you know and um you know I, <laughs> she was the one that was really really important and you know if her and shannon had pulled different colored buffs out of that at the end uh, you know at that at that uh, swap then this whole game is different and so that swap is sometimes in survivor the swap isn't all that important but uh, sometimes it's really important you know and um and this is the case yeah this is this, like this this, time. This, that yeah. swap absolutely well, changed this game completely and you know, that, I mean, that's what you want, really. You want, you know, as a viewer, you want to see that. But from George's perspective, it must be so frustrating because she's in such a good position, and um, you know, it's completely all gone. And so I do really feel for her because I think she was, she was playing a pretty smart game, really. Well, I think of all the people that went to Redemption Island, Georgia was the only one who could have come back 
and had a really good shot at potentially yeah yeah totally. winning and yeah, so it's um yeah it's sad to see her go and I think she was a positive a positive person in the season which I always really enjoy um, but you know that's that's kind of how it goes so I'm um, sorry to see George go and uh, hopefully at some point down the road we'll uh, get a chance to talk to her about the whole experience so yeah difficult one to see but uh, that's that's how the game goes so uh, yeah sorry to see you go Georgia but um, yeah, anyway that kind of leaves us with uh, everybody dropping their buffs and, and heading into a merge and uh, I mean one of the things that we we've kind of been tracking a little bit is that you know it's like oh my god it's only day 10 it's only day 12 and it's like this day 17 and I haven't quite worked out and I've been trying to do a bit of survival wiki on here but it hasn't really helped me all that much in terms of the earliest merge um, and this has got to be pretty close at 17 day 17 I wonder if it's one of the one of the earliest merges we've had. I would say so. Even in the early seasons when there was only 16 cast members, they merged around oh, day it was 20, always, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, it was about... It might have been day 19, because like it was always like the early seasons were really structured. You know, It was like three days, every three days, every three days. Yeah. And so I think day 18 was when the sixth yeah. person went home, and then day 19 they were merging. So 19 was a pretty common day to be merging. So 17 feels really early, although I do feel like some of those, you know, the, the later seasons we've had is that they've been in a bit of a rush to get to the merge because that's where they feel the action happens. And, you know, so fair, fair enough. Um, but, yeah, yeah it's got to be right up there in terms of one of the earliest merges ever. And um, one of the other things, I really like is that we get into this merge and um, <laughs> what do you think about uh, Survivor New Zealand's decision to name the merge tribe for them? Oh, that was that was something I mean, what, new, wasn't it? I'm something trying to remember the name. I, you know, being the uh, the expert podcaster that I am, I should know the name of this tribe, but I've already forgotten. It was uh, something fairly forgetful, but um, Kassar, C A S A R, Kassar. Yeah, so it's um, it's it's a pretty, it's a pretty kind of ho hum name, but you know, it's funny that like I don't know if this was deliberate or not. I think it's a, probably a couple of things to it. Is that um, you know, they obviously get to um, put the name of the tribe on the buff, you know, which they obviously don't do in America because you know the competitors name the tribe and so they don't know what it's going to be called, so they can't yeah. put the name on the buff. Um, but the other thing I like about it too is that you know we're not going to get a Merlonio or a, um, a Merica. We're actually going to get a tribe that these guys didn't want to take the take the risk, you know, whether or not that's any part of it at all, whether that's something just in my own head. But um, yeah, I, I think for me it was really funny that these guys, you know, they they didn't even get to name their own tribe. That was quite funny, and um, you know, because I think if you leave the, the the name of the tribe to somebody like Jack, um, then potentially we, we're not going to be taking that all that seriously. I wouldn't have thought. Well, it would probably be their little um, uh, Mogaton pizza chant. Yeah. That sort of name would have Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, th yeah. I thought that's really funny. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we get into this merge and we get, you know, the, the kind of classic merge feast. I like the, the little touch that we've got a karakia from, from Sala, which is, you know, obviously uh, a nice little Kiwi touch to this whole thing, which, which I thought was really cool. Um, Somebody commented on Twitter that the New Zealand Survivor Merge Feast looks so healthy compared to the... Yeah, no, that's a really good point. I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about that. It's like, you know, we always talk about Survivor food and it always looks terrible, you know, because it's obviously been sitting around for a while and this actually looked really good. There's like bits of cauliflower and... You know, like, I'm not sure after 17 days of starving that cauliflower would be high on my list of things I'd want to eat, but, um, you know, each to their own, I guess. And, um, yeah, we're kind of getting to this... Five plus a day yeah, must totally, have been totally. on their mind. 
Um, so yeah, obviously, <laughs> uh, you know, we kind of st- one of the things I always kind of watch is that you know the merge episode is always like the keyword. If you talk to people who are right into their their editing and and you know all that kind of stuff, is that the merge is obviously a really key one because you know the, the big players are the ones that really get to comment on what's happening on the merge here. And I thought. I don't know what you thought, but it was really interesting to me kind of who stuck out as being the key people on these episodes to talk to. And, you know, some of them are obvious, like I think you had to go to Shannon and I think you had to go to Tom. Um, and I think, you know, to a lesser degree, you kind of have to go to Mike a little bit. Um, but to me, I mean, it was, yeah. and we've been saying it the whole season, is that it was it was clear as day to me that, that Arvi was, was the one who was, you know, basically narrating this whole merge for us. And, you know, that can't be an accident. Like, like I, I am... I'm kind of like if we're talking about winner equity, I'm like around about ninety percent for Arvi at the moment. Like it just feels so obvious to me. But you know, the rug could get pulled out from underneath me. But that kind of feels so obvious. Well, Arvi was my yeah. original winner pick, and I'm changing. You're changing today. today. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, you're I'm not, not changing, changing today. Changing. Oh, okay. No, I was going to say no. Um, I mean, that was a good pick from day one. I mean, he feels so central to the show you know like and i think that they actually you know talking a little bit about you know was he actually somebody that was a swing vote because that's kind of how they played it and i i i never ever no thought that, that was the case i just thought that they had to make sure that rv was a central character in these two episodes because he's our eventual winner and um you know like i'm you know, to- yeah cards all on the on the table here is that we have absolutely no spoilers we don't know anything but to me just from watching these episodes it seems so obvious mm-hmm. to me that rv is our winner and uh, you know part of me really really wants to be wrong about that i want to have the the um you know the rug pulled out from underneath me and there's probably you know all these survivor new zealand players are listening and laughing at me for getting this so wrong but to me it feels like this is you know completely rv's game to lose at this point i agree one yeah million I, thought I, was, I was kind of a little bit on the fence about about shannon and um you know i'm, I'm obviously out on that now and uh, we'll talk a little bit about that i think a little bit later on in the episode but um yeah for me i, I think um you know rv's definitely the one that i'm watching and you know just all the key kind of conversations were happening with him you know, and i think you know just everybody who was key to these two episodes was talking to rv at some point yeah so uh, yeah you know and i mean this the 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 next how many minutes of the show is just like a big talk fest where everybody's kind of lining up their ducks and, and where they've got everything and you know I think it's really interesting to me that we, you know these guys you know Mike and all that were, were, were very very confident um, you know there's absolutely no no lack in them in terms of, of belief that they've got this thing locked up and you know, to me it'd be interesting because uh, even with Shannon that's still only five right and so they they really yeah. got the head Harvey I mean is that is that really the case like uh, they well if they if they really thought they had him there must have been a whole ton of conversation about pulling Avi and that Avi was a part of the conversation yeah, that we yeah. didn't and, see and whether it's just a case of yeah you know, we talked a little bit earlier about tom and and what his position in this game is but you know to me i think you know we <sighs> Tom is just completely off base. Like he d- actually doesn't realise that he doesn't have Arvi. You know that to me, that's the really the really interesting part of this whole thing is that Tom has just completely misread the situation. But obviously, when we get to the votes at the end of the second episode, is that Tom uh, Tom votes with these guys. Eh? He votes with the with the Mogaton Four all vote together. Um, so you know he he wasn't somebody that kind of was just playing this uh, the other side. Like he totally thought he had Arvi. And and yeah, so you know, to yeah. me it was it was clear as day what was going to happen. But these four guys just didn't really seem to have it have it together at all. 
Well, I think that speaks a lot for their uh, confidence, or should we say arrogance yeah, instead of confidence? It's just so weird to me because, I mean, not only that, but, you know, especially kind of Mike and Lee had to realise, hey, look, if, in terms of pure physical, you know, kind of threats, we're going to be the next to go because, you know, we are going to be the ones that win challenges and things like that. So just on that level alone, they must have at yeah. least thought, hey, this is not looking good. And um, this kind of gets to my... Probably the next, one of the next points we can talk about is this, this reward challenge, which I wasn't a huge fan of. Um, but, you know, if you're Mike and that reward challenge is there, throw the reward challenge, Mike. Like, don't make yourself even a bigger target by winning a challenge that you don't need to win. Now, immunity is different because, you know, you might need that, um, and he probably did need that. But, um, yeah, totally, I, I, I can't see why he decided to win that challenge. It just puts an even bigger target on his back. And it wasn't even... It was, it, it was a challenge that... Whoever won it, it was going to put on full display. This person is sharp mentally. Their memory is still good. They're still yeah. in a good headspace. And already got the bull, uh, the target on him for being the physical player. Why did he need to go and add in the whole mental yeah, capability? Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's totally lost on me, really. I mean, I just I don't understand what these four guys are thinking because if, if I'm them, it's just I'm feeling really really bad about the situation and um, you know I think there's probably more meat to unpack in that second episode so I'm not entirely sure there's too much more we need to go to here unless we want to go to this reward challenge now and to me I <laughs> yeah I mean I, I'm not a big fan of closing out an episode on a reward challenge I'm not sure any, any Survivor fan is to be honest no, that sucked. Sucked yeah, so yeah. bad. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, yeah. guys. You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan here, but um, this yeah, this didn't work out for me, unfortunately. I have to say it was um, a tough way to end this episode. And it wasn't even a good challenge. That yeah, challenge I've never been dumb. a fan of this challenge. I like. I just. I, I think probably the only thing that's got going for it is it's a fun one to play at home. You know, like if you're watching with a group of people or whatever, then potentially that's where it's a, you know it's a, yeah. at least a little bit interesting in terms of you know you get to play along and at home and that kind of thing. But other than that, you know, I'm not sure there's a, a whole lot we really want to talk about here. Obviously, you know, Mike goes on and wins the challenge. Um, yeah, I mean, is there anything else that we really need to need to discuss here? Well, well, I think that challenge would be awfully hard to do at that stage in the game when you're tired, you're hungry, you haven't slept, you're paranoid, you're stressed, you're playing Survivor. That challenge would be difficult. But I don't think that challenge is particularly Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it's, um, it's one of those ones that, you know, you probably... Yeah, it's a bit of a filler challenge, eh? And I think it was disappointing that that was the... Before yeah. I realised it was a reward challenge, I'm like, you're kidding me that this is the first individual immunity challenge. Immunity challenge? I was like, this cannot be the first yeah. individual immunity yeah, yeah. challenge. So, yeah, I mean, I guess yeah. that's the only thing, is at least it wasn't for immunity. Um, yeah, so... Um, <laughs> yeah, it's... I'm not sure there's too much more we want to talk about. Probably the only thing I want to talk about is kind of Mike's decisions in terms of who he, who he chooses at the end here. Who did he choose? Shannon and who? Um, Lee, was it? Uh, no. Was it, was, it Lee? No, it, was it wasn't Shay, Lee. It was. Was it? Was it? A... I can't even remember. Oh, yeah, it was Shay, because Shay went. Yeah, and that's Tom right. told yeah, her to yeah. go. We're on. That's right. We're on the yeah. top of and then Matt gave them five minutes. It wasn't like funny, awesome survival when Jeff Probst is like, okay, you've got one yeah, minute. I was thinking Chow five down. minutes is a long time to eat chocolate, like a chocolate cake. 
Yeah, they yeah. could pace themselves. So no, I yeah. mean, it's probably not, not much more we need to really um, talk about in this episode, and we can probably just go ahead and, and rank this one. I'll rate this one. So um, in terms, I think I know where you're going to be going with this one, but in terms of a, um, a buy it, rent it, or bin it, you know, where does this one sit for you? I'd been it. I wouldn't need to watch <laughs> yeah, it again. I think, I think for the first time I'm actually <laughs> going to join you there because uh, I actually, I really, I enjoyed the second episode a lot. And so I think we, you know, you almost could have just cut out the important parts of this episode and almost tacked it on to the first, the second episode. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure yeah. there was a whole heap outside of the Redemption Island jewel that I needed to see here that was really adding to the you know, to the overall story. So, yeah, I'm going to join you there for the first time. I hope it's the last time that I have to do that. Um, and we can kind of move on to the next one because I think there's obviously lots of interesting stuff happens in the second episode. And, and right off the bat, I thought it was really interesting that we get straight into, and there was a little bit of this on the first episode as well about Lee is just doing what he wants to do around camp and he's you know, redesigning the shelter and putting stuff in the fire that he shouldn't be putting in the fire and you know we're just getting grumpy Nate now as well you know, he's he's transitioned Nate has transitioned away from being this kind of plucky underdog to just this annoying old man that's that's pissing everybody off um yeah yeah Bad pretty much. and um <laughs> you know we're getting this whole thing of like oh I'm so sick of Lee and I'm like that to me that was just like such a red flag it's like lee's going home because we've heard nothing from lee from like the first you know nine episodes and all of a sudden everybody hates lee yeah this is what i thought this is what i thought was really um not the greatest editing was remember back in like old school survivor when like the first segment of each episode was following the person yeah. that was going to get booted off i was thinking this is going to be Lee. If this, if Lee actually gets kicked off, which I can basically guarantee he is, this is so old school survivor editing. It is not good. And they just went overboard on on giving us Lee, and we saw so much of him that we hadn't seen before. And he actually seems like quite a nice guy, clueless yeah. about Survivor, but like a guy that we haven't really seen. It's, um, it's funny because he could totally be the guy that's like an Aussie that just goes on a tear at Redemption Island and comes back into the game and just like wins at the end by pissing everybody off, you know, like that's the only thing I think about this is that I keep forgetting it's like shit, we've still got Redemption Island and like someone like Mike or Lee could just be still a part of the storyline for a bloody long time because they just stay on Redemption Island. So that's going to be quite an interesting part of the second half, I think, is how quickly we get rid of these idiots that, you know, we, we don't really want around. Um, but, you know, they're, they're still going to be an important part of the story. So, yeah, that's going to be something to keep an eye on going forwards. I think we could see that happening with Mike. I doubt we've seen enough of Lee. Well, one of the things that's really interesting done. is we had this kind of, um, this little kind of subplot going on, and it was um, around, you know, Nate and Barb had felt like they had been bullied in the early game. And God, I hate when that word gets used on Survivor, but it does happen. Um, and, you know, that they, that they were getting bullied and blah, 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 blah. And we got the start of this confessional, and the start of the confessional was... was clips of people and somebody talking over the top of it and i thought it was mike and it was like oh i feel real bad that they feel like i've been bullying them and blah 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 and then it actually cuts and it was lee talking not mike and that was quite weird because lee you know we'd never actually got mm -hmm. that we'd got the whole thing of mike feeling you know we've seen lots from mike and he's not really feeling that and um, you know the whole story of that that hermosa alliance was really being told through mike and, and georgia to a lesser extent um and so we'd never really seen mm -hmm. lee's take on that whole thing so it was quite interesting that you know we're getting this take from him no, we saw more. Of, Go ahead. Yeah, we saw more of Jacks. Uh, yeah, yeah, than yeah. We did of Lee. So I thought that was that was quite interesting, and I yeah. think one of the things that really stuck out to me there was you know like 
were we supposed to kind of feel sorry for Lee that he's like, oh, I didn't realise that these people felt like I was bullying them and I, we weren't bullying them. It's like, hold on a minute, Lee, let's not forget that you guys were quite blatantly going to throw a challenge to get rid of these guys before the swap. So let's let, let's not let's not start <laughs> pretending that all of a sudden you actually quite like, you know, um, Nate and Barb. Like, that was never a thing that was, that was going to happen, you know. So, you know, it's really interesting to me that they kind of tried to throw out the storyline that, you know, oh, you know, Lee's actually feeling really bad and he doesn't believe he's been bullying them but I think that that the whole word of bullying I hate because it just it doesn't actually really mean anything in this context you know like these guys aren't being bullied it's a game of survivor and you know people get left out that's just how it goes I think the only like legit case of bullying that I can think of on survivor is uh season 32 with um Alicia and Scott and oh, Jason it's controversial I thought you were going to go worlds apart there Oh, God, could you imagine living with those morons? <laughs> it's no, the, that's it's, the, it's the same awful. beach, so maybe something's rubbing off here with these guys. It's funny to, th- it's funny to think that, eh, that Possibly. this was actually the same beach that kind of like Natalie Anderson was playing on and, you know, like Fabio was on and, you know, bloody Matt Elrod. And, yeah, it's, it's so weird. Yeah. Eh? Like, I keep forgetting that. It just is... This is little this little thing in the back of my head. It's like this is the same place that all these people played, and you know, just just really interesting to me. Um, I think it, it looks better, I think, than what it did uh, in Worlds Apart. Well, well, we're going to get to a little yeah. a new segment I've got on the show soon, um, but um, I'll preview it a little bit. That um, one of our our favourite commentators on the show, Alice Bryan, um, she she said she made some tweet about oh, this show just looks like it's been filmed on an iPhone. I'm like, oh, you can have a lot of problems with the show. But I don't <laughs> think you can say that it looks bad. Like, it's been well put together. Like, it, you can see that they've, you know, they've done a good job. Of, and it, sometimes they, they overdo it with the shots of the monkeys in the tree or, you know, they're a little bit too pr- too pleased with their helicopter shots and things like that. But it, it totally looks awesome. Like, it, it really does look brilliant and you know you put this up against the old bloody treasure island that new zealand had and it's miles better you know it just it looks so good um so i don't think that that's uh you can have a lot of problems that you might if you're not a survivor fan or even if you are a survivor fan with the show but i don't think that's one of them absolutely agree with you excellent I was not expecting that. Well, no, I was. I was expecting it, but uh, not quite. Not 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 quite so subtly. <laughs> <that's right>. uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, we we, we get back to um, you know we're we're back at camp and and talking through what's what's happening here with all this you know all this crap around bullying and all that kind of stuff. And I think we're just getting more and more of these scenes. Mm-hmm. And I think we talked about it a, a couple of weeks back about we were getting the same scenes over and over again. Um, but one of the things I think is yeah. quite interesting here, and we probably haven't really laid it out too clearly, is that these people seem to genuinely dislike each other, right? I, I, uh, ish, yeah, yeah. They, they see, I'd say 50-50. Some of them seem to dislike each other immensely. Some of them seem well, I think content probably with like each other. Just the body language to me and like, whether they're deliberately doing it, like they're showing a lot of, like they've been quite deliberate in terms of, the production have been quite deliberate in terms of showing these groups only with their own allies, you know, like they don't show a lot of scenes of like Nate talking with Lee or, you know, Salah's catching up with Jack, you know, like you don't see a lot of that kind of stuff. You see a lot of 
you know, the allies talking to each other, and you see a lot of them bitching about people that aren't in their alliance. But you don't, but you don't, you don't yeah. see a lot of kind of that cross pollination. And I, for some reason, I think we see a lot more of that on the American one, where you see these people talking to everybody. And maybe that's just the the the, the game is a little bit different now in the, in the American version, where it's a lot of you know, you talk to everybody and alliances change a whole lot, where this is probably feels a little bit more like, you know, fittingly enough, like Redemption Island, where you've got two alliances kind of living on the same beach, but they're basically living in almost two different shelters, you know? Yeah, a very uh, Redemption yeah, Island yeah. OG. So, I mean, the, the, yeah. the kind of the first half of this episode, yeah, like I say, we're, we're getting a lot of that talk around... And, you know, we get the Shannon and Arby stuff. And, you know, like, I was never really on board with this whole thing of Arby being a swing vote. And I, I'm not, it just feels a little bit kind of, like I think I said at the, at, earlier in the show, I think it was just an attempt to make sure Arby's still a, a relevant part of this episode because I'm, I'm predicting that he's our winner. And so you kind of want to make sure you keep him within the story. You can't have him kind of just disappear out of the story. Um, but, you know, like, I just, I just don't think, because, you know, yeah. everything Arby's done on the show, he's, he's been heroic, you know, and I don't think all of a sudden you're going to get a whole storyline with Arby where he's he suddenly just switches alliances and now he's you know he's somebody else. I, I don't think that that's ever going to happen. Mm. No, that'll never happen. He's too no, yeah, he's yeah, totally. golden boy. Yeah, so I, I so I think probably the one thing is you know we're looking at Shannon and, and her decision and you know do you think she kind of overdid it in terms of of really being too friendly to obviously in the end she votes with with you know the Nate Barb Arby Sala group. Um, and do you think she kind of just overdid mm-hmm. it with that other group in terms of overselling to them? You know, did she do more than she had to? Oh, I think that's a really tricky one because she didn't want to undersell them and then find herself being looked at questionably because we heard it from Shay that even Shay was in with who Shannon was actually in with, but she even had her concerns mm. about Shannon as well. So I think she could have, in, in her position, she could have maybe uh, tried to solidify something with certain members of the alliance she was going to go with instead of putting in as much effort as she did with the mm. guys she was going to turn yeah, I mean, on. I mean, because that's a mm. big slap to the to the to her original five. Yeah, I think it's a really tough one for me. And um, you know, we we actually got some some correspondence. I'm going to do a bit of blindsiding to you here, uh, Perez, because you don't know about this. But uh, I got a few messages uh, during the week from um, a, a good friend of the show. I'm just going to try and look them up for you just for a minute, so I can read them out to you. But making quite an interesting kind of comparison to the to the show um which was um mm-hmm. uh, this, so this is from our good friend anthony rossi who's a you know a, an ex-survivor oz guy and um he's also you know done a lot of stuff with us here at the oz network as well but uh, he you know he made some interesting comparisons for shannon um about is, is shannon mm-hmm. the jonathan penner of like the cook islands jonathan penner that she's kind of in the middle um but she kind of just makes too much of being in the middle to the fact that afterwards nobody's going to respect her and i guess the bigger point i'm making here is what's the damage to to shannon if she just goes up to mike and goes look i'm really sorry but 
I don't have the numbers coming with you. Arby's not with you. There's no way I can I can stick with you. I'm out. You know, like what's the damage to her long term? Like, is she going to get more respect long term if she's just honest with Mike straight up and goes, "Hey, look, I, you don't have me. I'm gone." Um, rather rather than playing both sides, mm-hmm. and so Mike actually comes back to camp going, "What what's the situation? Like, you told me you're with me, and now I feel like a fault." Like to me, I mm-hmm. think potentially the better situation for Shannon is to just be like, "I'm out." And so that, you know, maybe getting that situation where Penn had kind of played up a little bit too much of being the swing vote in Cook Islands to the point where, you know, he basically had no respect from anybody. And he actually he actually ended up getting voted out way <laughs> earlier than he probably should. Like, he probably should have been somebody who was a goat towards the end. But he just kind of overplayed his hand a little bit. Well, I, th- I think Jonathan Penn is quite an interesting one to use as a comparison because he did the exact same thing in the most recent season that he was in and still sort of he did, he finished in like the same sort of placing but was looked at a little bit more hmm. nicely yeah. before he was booted so I, it all depends how you how you do it when yeah, you're doing yeah. it, I, I think it's it's one of those things where we'll never know because we won't see what would have happened. You know, like it's a sliding doors type of thing, eh? Where you never know yeah. what, the, what that might have been because you know, obviously Mike might have been just as pissed off and used it against her, and then run around to everybody and said, "Oh, let's get rid of Shannon because she promised me this, and now she's turning on me." Um, so you know, it, it could go yeah. one or two ways. So we, we'll never really kind of know, but you know, that's just an interesting thing to think about. And um, if we're going to carry on the um, <laughs> the the analogies further. I, I kind of said, "What well, does that make uh, Arvi the Yule of the season?" And um, and then we got on to talk, we got on to talking about is, yes. is, is Mike the Candice, <laughs> the, the person that um, that reacts too badly to the um, the player in the middle making the decision that's not in their best interest. So you know, I think that that you know, there's some interesting kind of parallels there. Which you, it's funny how like you go back and you could probably do that with lots of seasons is com- you know compare them and find things that are the same. But I thought that was quite an interesting thing there. So thanks, Rossi. Uh, we appreciate your your feedback there. That was uh, quite an interesting analogy that I hadn't really picked up on before um, but one of the thing one of the things I did want to talk about a little bit which is just off to the side is um, one of the biggest players of the season that we keep forgetting to talk about is um, the this the bottle of insect repellent oh my god and uh, the bottle of insect repellent and the but it just keeps turning up and it wasn't until tonight that I kind of put two and two together it's like you notice that none of these guys have got bug bites like they all look really good in terms of like their skin and stuff it doesn't look like they've been like smashed up by the by the by the bugs and stuff so whether there's just none in Nicaragua or whether it's you know it's the the insect repellent's doing its job I don't know but it's just quite funny eh? like it just keeps coming up and it's because it's so obvious because it's not in like a survivor kind of packaging it's in just like the bottle that it came in it's just like you just you just like see it lying around all the time and like you just get so many shots of people like putting on insect repellent they all there's they've got a lot more stuff compared to other people like when they leave when they walk out of redemption island i'm surprised they're not like a luggage like a suitcase uh, like amber like amber getting kicked out of the australian outback how she looks a ruck, like a uh, what are those things? Yeah, People like, wear them yeah, like a big rucksack, around, basically. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's <laughs> yeah. so funny, but uh, it's one of those things. It doesn't really bother me. It's just like it's like my God, they got so much stuff. Like, and you know, at, at the risk of saying like a creepy pervert, I noticed that um, that Shannon seemed to have a new bikini this week that I'd never seen before. It was like just kind of kind of weird. Like, it just these they turn up with like more and more clothes all the time. It's just so strange. That yeah, yeah, coloured yeah, bikini, yeah, yeah. wasn't it? 
yeah, yeah, that was. <laughs> it's just so strange. Eh? Like, these <laughs> things just kind of turn up. It's it's bizarre, but um, yeah, it's it's um just one of those things I kind of notice. It's like they do have a lot of stuff, but that that bottle of insect repellent just it never seems to end. They must just have like a big crate of them somewhere, and they just keep you know ripping them open, and they definitely don't want to get bug bites. Maybe there was some kind of Zika virus thing this time around that they definitely just didn't want to get bitten by by mosquitoes. That's possible, but something about Shannon, though, while we're on the topic, was her, I was wondering how much sunscreen her she face, was given, yeah. because her face yeah. is so white, <laughs> but then I saw her tanning, and she had her uh, hat over right. her face, and I was like, Shannon, that is responsible tanning, you're not going to age and get all haggard in your face, congratulations, 10 points, well, I, mean, I like you I'm just you assuming that. that that bottle is insect repellent, because kind of when they spray it, it, does, it just comes out like transparent, but it could be sunscreen, and one thing I did notice is that there's lots of shots of people with very poorly rubbed in sunscreen, like you notice that a lot on the show, and it's kind of like, I, I just think Kiwis are either um, much more you know, aware of the sun, and so put sunscreen on way more often, or they're just really bad at putting, like, actually applying it properly, so you see it all the time. Slip, slop, slip, I think, slip, I think our, our sunscreen messages are paying off, so the New Zealand Cancer Society can be very proud. They've done a good job, and, and all these guys are, are getting the message. So, no, that's really good. Um, so, so I think we can probably go into Boy. this uh, immunity challenge, because I actually really enjoyed this challenge. I, and we have seen it before. I, 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 I couldn't tell you which uh, which season it's... Oh, it was, was this a... Uh, was this a Survivor Cambodia one? Because I remember this being like a, a Keith and, and Joe down to the last two for this one, yeah. Yeah. Except didn't they have yeah, like I seem more to remember them adding balls, and as I as I yeah. said, any chance you've got to make a balls and di disc joke, you know, you've got to make it. So, you know, I'm I'm really glad that that Matt jumped in there with lots of balls and disc comments. It's uh, you never want to miss that opportunity. So, I can't remember who was uh, who was dropping their balls, but um, you know, Tom's balls. That's right, Tom's balls were on the move. Got it. Yeah. Got to love it. But no, I thought it was, I thought it was a cool challenge, and um, you know, I always it's always interesting. Like, um, obviously, again, second second call out to Alice Bryan. You know, we had that whole discussion last week about you know that females are getting picked off on the show, and it's a sexist show, and blah 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 blah. And I just thought it was quite an interesting side note that you know two of the last four I think in this challenge were women. Um, so Shannon and Barb kind of hanging in there for a long time, and and that's the thing you often forget with some of these challenges that are like this is that. They're really not kind of gender defined. Like anybody can do well at them, and you know, like I think I think Shannon and Barbara, you know, particularly Shannon, could be somebody that starts to pick up some immunity wins because she's not somebody you really expect to be, you know, winning these challenges. And especially, you know, assuming that you know Mike is probably not long for this game, is that there's not going to be a lot of challenges for those really kind of athletic ones. And Shannon could be somebody that goes on a real good immunity run along along the line here. Yeah, yeah I could see that happening, but I think to. Um further debunk <laughs> Alice Bryan's sexism theory. Uh, some of these challenges on Survivor are completely egalitarian, and a man or a woman could win it, and she's just, she's, uh, she's oh, still talking listen, about Survivor. Just, just hold that thought. Hold that thought. You're going to enjoy this segment when it comes up later on, so uh, yeah, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm getting everybody God. excited for this one because I'm, <laughs> I'm excited about it too. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, I, I enjoyed the challenge and I think it was, um, you know, it was a really good one. Um, you know, obviously Mike ends up winning it and uh, what did you think of the, the immunity necklace? I thought the immunity necklace looked like it was made by a four-year-old. But you know, just to be fair, girl. let's put this in context. Don't they all look like that? Are you really? Like, no. I, I always think the American <laughs> ones look like 
cheap, nasty, made in some art shop. Like, I, no, I never understand why they look so shitty all the time. Well, some of the American ones, like, look like they were made in some sort of, like, yeah, polytech yeah. art class. But this one literally <laughs> looked like Pindy. But it was very... And then Mike was, oh, Matt was like, oh, you want that beautiful necklace? <laughs> beautiful well, just, no. it's, it's so um, multicolored that, you know, when Shannon does win it, it's just going to go with her bikini really nicely, right? Can you imagine how excited oh, she'd be, be to be, be wearing so that? Happy. <laughs> yeah, she will be, be thrilled. It's going to happen, and uh, we're all going to enjoy it. But, you know, it's obviously Mike wins, and Mike would have been, uh, by all accounts, it sounds like he would have been public enemy number one. So it was obviously a, a, a really important one for Mike to win. He needed to win this because otherwise he was going home. Yeah. Um, he needed majorly. I, w- I wasn't that fussed on this challenge. I, I don't really like it. I, you know, we see it on the American one. It's okay. But what I did like was Barb fulfilling her under the mosquito net, you know, foreshadowing and yeah. passing yeah. out. Well, that was we'll cool. definitely get to that. But I, I think one of the things, the, the, the risk with this challenge, and I guess they, you know, like for people that aren't aware, you know, they always run these challenges with, you know, a group of dream teamers beforehand. It's not like they just go out and the first time they try them is with the survivors themselves. So they do they do kind of test them, but this yeah. is one of those ones where it can go really badly. Like if everybody gets on and they just don't quite get it at first, and you could have like nine people drop out pretty much straight away. Um, so there is that risk with this one, yeah. whereas you don't get that with a lot of other ones. Like if they're all doing the, you know, get up on a pole and see who can stand there, you know, you know that's going to go for a long time. So it's one of those ones that definitely does have a bit of a mm-hmm. risk to it. But, yeah, so obviously we get into this challenge and, you know, Matt's doing a little bit of talking afterwards and we get the whole thing with Barb kind of collapsing in the background and, like, it was that whole kind of, like, scary moment where, like, her eyes roll back and it was like a real kind of Russell Swan moment, eh? <laughs> I thought it was funny. She did, she did, she did, she did quite, I mean, I did. now that we know she's okay, it was kind of funny because it was, like, real, like, it almost looked like she'd been possessed by the devil or something, eh? Like, it was that real kind of... I know, like the fixed stare. And then she came when she came strolling on back down the beach, she was like, Oh, I'm so embarrassed. I felt oh Barb, I'd be embarrassed too. That was shame. The, the thing for me it was funny, it was like this whole like dramatic moment. We cut to ads and when we come back it's like Barb's just not there anymore. It's like it's like she's just like on the ground like kicking no it's like, like drooling drooling quietly in a corner or something, you know. It's like, oh yeah, like go back to camp and we'll like we'll We'll bring Barb back. It's like it's, it's just so weird, eh? It's like this whole moment of like, you know, if that was the American one, they're like they're milking that for all it's worth. They've got like the medical guys in there, and you know, like it was the whole thing. Like this would have been like a Caleb type moment, you know, like it would have been would have been so much fun. But uh, yeah, we didn't see any of that. It was just like, oh yeah, yeah, go back to camp. Um, yeah, Jeff Probst would yeah, have loved yeah. that. So no, I think I think that was a lot of fun. But um, yeah, but anyway, I, I was really pleased and I was getting a little bit worried because like I'm sitting there looking at my clock and thinking we've only got like 20 minutes to go on this episode, um, and mm-hmm. and Barb's not back at camp yet. Please do not tell me that Barb's going to get medevaced and that's going to be the end of the episode because I just don't think like my head could have handled that. Um, and I think one of the things that was really interesting to me is obviously Barb's fine and, and, and that's all good and, and that kind of stuff but one of the things that I found really interesting about this is that when we're talking about editing is that I don't know if you remember but you know the early seasons of Survivor especially kind of the first kind of three seasons is that the, the show structure yeah. was lots and lots of time at camp reward challenge lots and lots of time at camp immunity challenge next to no time at camp straight to 
tribal council and that's all different now like now it's the the most time at camp is between the immunity challenge and tribal council because that's when you decide on who goes home and 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 this show is really set up yeah. to be like the older versions that you spend so much time before you get to an immunity challenge and then the time after the challenge is like next to nothing and then we kind of went into this this tribal mm-hmm. council and it was kind of like over and like a heartbeat like i couldn't believe that tribal council was over so quickly oh yeah it was just like yeah fast there was yeah yeah it was kind of weird like i was thinking what's happening here like i'm expecting something really strange to happen because we're heading to tribal council and there's only like five minutes in the episode to go um and then they cut to another ad break because they're good at doing that um and yeah it it was just so strange to me like i I didn't i didn't Mm -hmm. really understand the editing behind that and i think it's only because they're assuming that everybody was thinking like me that it's like it's pretty obvious that lee's going because we didn't get a lot of scenes like when it came right down to it you know we're after the challenge mike's got immunity what shannon's decision gonna be like we just didn't get a lot of that it was just like we're off to we're off to tribal council and you know like we didn't get a lot of the what shannon gonna do like we didn't get a lot of that so yeah, no, not that, at was, all. that was really, really strange. I mean, is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we head to tribal? Because I think we've probably covered most of it. No, I think yeah, we're, so, I mean, we're good. We get there, and I, I just, uh, I've got a bit of a note that I think suddenly the 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 Jeff Probst is coming out of Matt, and he's starting to get a little bit more nasty. I can't remember exactly what the question was he asked, but it was just like he asked somebody something, and they answered in this kind of real bland manner. He's like, "What do you mean by that?" Like, and he was just like actually digging into them a little bit, which was good. I enjoyed that. Yeah, there was a little bit more. But I, I just find that the editing at Tribal Council is so distracting. It reminds me of The Hills, how somebody will say something completely vapid and not really, you know, meaningful. And then it's like 57 reaction <laughs> shots. <laughs> yeah, that's funny because it is like that. Eh? It's just like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody looks at each other. It's like something out of Family Guy. <laughs> yeah. And then there's no follow-up question to it. It's yeah. like a completely different question now. It's like, well, what was the yeah. point of all these reactions when we're not going to follow well, I think through it's one with of those that things that I think a lot of people are probably going to give Matt some shit here because it's like he should be trying to get it out of these players. But I think in a way, like... The way Tribal Council works on the American version is that it's kind of evolved over time. Like the early seasons of the American version were probably quite similar to this. That it's like question, answer, question, answer, question, answer. And there's not a lot there really. Um, And, you know, Jeff over time has Mm -hmm. kind of turned Tribal Council into this big set piece where he gets information out of people. But a lot of the time Jeff will ask a question and then just kind of sit back and like just throw a bomb in and they start yelling at each other. Um, and, and, you know, like the, the, the yeah. conversation's a lot more organic um, than it kind of used to be. And so I, I think that that's, things have kind of changed in the American one. And I, this is why I hate the comparisons, because it's actually two very different products that we're talking about here. Um, and, yeah, yeah. so, uh, you know, I think it's, I would like to see more at Tribal Council, because I think that th- there is more more gold to be mined here. But it'd be interesting to see what hasn't made the show like in terms of what's what's on the cutting room floor that wasn't interesting enough to kind of show because you've got to think there's some interesting kind of comments happening here but if there was anything kind of mind altering ground shaking then we would be seeing it it wouldn't just be left on the on the ground floor so yeah i mean it's it's really yeah it's a little bit unclear as to what's going on here i mean was there any doubt in your mind as we head into this vote that it's lee that's going no no, and I think not that might be part of it. I mean, it'd be interesting to kind of see as we, as we go into the next couple of episodes where it might not be so obvious. Is do things change a little bit? Mm-hmm. Because it, to me, it just felt like 
everybody kind of knew it. And whether or not Lee had been and Mike had... No, well, they can't have been because, like, you see the reaction after the vote. Those guys were crushed. So they were... Yeah, so they were... They, yeah. It wasn't like that they knew. Um, so that's really interesting as well. And, I mean, to me, that was probably the big payoff in all of this was the reaction, especially Mike. It was just like this, oh, my God, you know, yeah. like, I can't believe this has happened. And so it was totally... It was worth it. Who, who did Lee turn around and talk to when he said, you, I did not see you on Redemption Island or whatever? Was he talking to Shannon or was he talking to Mike? I don't think he was talking to Mike. I thought it was kind of like a threat. It was like, I'll see you on Redemption Island and kick your ass. Like, that was kind of the way I, I read that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and so we kind of round out that episode and we go into this, um, obviously, this big shocker that, oh, you know, you can sit right there because we're going into our next immunity challenge, which is quite, it's quite cool. Like, obviously, what they want to do is the next episode is going to open up with somebody else going. Um, and if you're paying attention, yeah. I actually saw who was going because of the way they edited that. But uh, we... Yes. we, we so yeah, I, yeah, so we won't mention that here in case people didn't pick up on that. But, um, yeah, so obviously, I think what they're going to do is we're going to have... Uh, a jewel at the end of the next episode so we're not slowing the pace up at all which is good because you know obviously if we're going to have this whole thing with redemption island as my problem was we're now going to get into a week where nobody goes because you've got to fill redemption island up again but we obviously haven't done that so that's good we're going to go if somebody's going to go at the start of the next episode and then we're going to go into redemption island at the end of the episode so i'm kind of stoked about that like the we're going to get a little bit of momentum moving forwards and, and keep getting rid of people which we need to do i was a bit um bummed because i didn't i must have if it was mentioned at all during the episode i missed it but when he snuffs lee's torch he's like you will have a chance to get back in this game i was like oh no redemption island's gonna continue well i guess it's one of those things again like i think these players and i've actually got something else to talk about as soon as we finish this this discussion is that i think these players must have known that because uh, although we did have a little bit of a discussion back at camp where we're uh, it was Shay and somebody else were talking about are we going are we going to have Redemption Island still um, but it kind of feels like these players mm. that wasn't a shock to them at all um, that we're going back to Redemption and you know probably when you've got people like Jack who's a big fan of the show he's telling everybody look somebody comes back at the merge and then somebody comes back at Final Five so you know that wasn't a surprise to me it wasn't a surprise to them so yeah nobody seemed all that surprised but um, while we're on this topic of what these players know I thought we'd just bring up another little point that has kind of been coming and going a little bit in this season is do you think these guys have been told it's a final three well that was mentioned this episode wasn't well, it well i just think that we've three. never had a situation where you've seen two people talking about it's you and me to the end it's final two like they always talk in terms of a final three and that can't be that can't be an accident right yep. these guys know it's going to be a final three and so they're planning for a final three which I think to me is like, mm-hmm. you know, I, in terms of Final 2 versus Final 3 as a, as a concept, I, you know, I, I I kind of have my thoughts both ways. But to me, the most important thing is that make sure the players know. You know, like, I, I don't like it when they spring it on them at the end of the game. It's like, it's actually a Final 2. Like, I don't like that. I think it should be clear to the players right from the beginning in terms of what it is one way or the other. So if these guys have been told Final 3 on day one, then I'm totally cool with that. But it's just interesting that that's not really come up in the game. Um, and I think, like, casual Kiwi fans will be kind of surprised when it gets to three people at the end. Especially if they've seen yeah. the, America, well, the Australian yeah. one, which was a final two, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's yeah, to me, it just, it, it's quite strange how we're, that's, it, it seems to almost just be a, an accepted fact by everybody, and, and that's the terms we're talking in. So, yeah, I'll be really interested to see if, if that's what plays out, but it certainly seems to be the case to me. But, yeah, we kind of get this kind of explosive preview for the next episode, and, you know, it seems like, if I'm going to guess, what's probably going to happen is that, 
um, you know, Mike's going to be up against it, probably doesn't win that that challenge, and then he's going to just throw Shannon under the bus. I think that that's what's going to happen. Is like, and that might answer my earlier question about you know why didn't Shannon just come out straight away and tell Mike, no, I'm not with you, is because maybe we're going to see that as now that Mike's you know Mike's heads in the noose is that he's just going to he's just going to unload and basically say, well, you can't trust Shannon. You know, she's promised everything to everyone. You should get rid of her now. And uh, you know, I think to me, I think yeah. that's probably where that that drama is going to come from at the start of the next episode. Well, I think, yeah, I'd agree. There, there, that has to come to a head. There has to be some sort of uh, explosion on yeah, that yeah. storyline. That, that's going to be where the fun comes in. And, I, you know, I'm, I think they come out of every episode here being more optimistic about the next one. But I definitely am optimistic about the next episode because I think there's probably a lot of fun to be had here in the next couple. Like, it would be really interesting because, you know, assuming we're going to have, like, a, a pretty straightforward kind of pagonging for the next couple of weeks... Um, and you know if it is kind of just yeah. like the Mike and Jack and, and Tom are gone um, and then you know that's going to happen pretty mm-hmm. quickly and then we're going to get down to you know this group of six and, and what happens from there will be quite interesting I think um, because I think players like Arby are going to be thinking about how do I actually win this game from here you know who do I take um, and you know at what point do I get rid of somebody like like Salah you know so I think that that's going to be you yeah. know quite a fun period of the game and I, I always really like you know the the, the bad thing about a pagonging type of survivor season is those episodes where you're getting rid of the the opposition alliance that have got no chance but it, it almost always pays off with at least one sometimes two or three awesome episodes where that alliance eats themselves and you know like i always think yeah like my classic one is thailand you know like i just i love the end of that season because it's this alliance that's stuck together like they haven't gone to tribal council as a group having to vote one of them one of their own out for like something like 25 days or something and, and then it gets down to you know it's yeah. just them at the end and and they've got to eat each other and it's just it makes for fantastic viewing so yeah it, it can be a bit of a slog to get there but normally when you do get there it can be a hell of a lot of fun so yeah i'm really looking forward to that my my one has to be the original Borneo season yeah, well, with the yeah, Tuggy yeah. Alliance. That golden television, golden survivor. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was brilliant. Absolutely. And um, yeah. yeah, so um, uh, I'm definitely optimistic what we're going to see in the next couple of weeks. But let's give this one a ranking um, in terms of. Uh... Hold on, I have yeah, a sure. really dumb question. So we're, there's nine people left, ten people still in the game. We're going to have a final three how many jury members is that so that's seven that's seven or six yeah, seven, yeah. seven yeah. but it'll be that weird okay, thing right. that they've got like Sorry. and i always found that quite strange how like i remember on south pacific it was like because what jim was our first jury member race it's like jim goes to redemption island loses the challenge and then he goes to goes to ponderosa and it's kind of like this weird little you know this he's still in the game but you know he's on redemption island then he's in the jury and it all feels a bit you know clunky um but yeah so i think probably what we're likely to see is that you know the next the next few votes are people that are going to go through redemption island i imagine we're probably going to get to a final four and then and then we're going to have the final Mm -hmm. redemption island somebody comes back and it's a final five and from there it's just you know people getting voted out straight out so that's probably how i imagine things are going to happen i mean obviously uh for those Kiwis that were watching, they would have seen that there was a bit of a, a call out if you want to go to the finale. There's tickets available. And, and so we know the finale date now, which is July the 5th, which I think is actually like a Wednesday. So I think we're probably going to have like 
you know, the Sunday and Monday night episodes, and then we're going to go into a finale. So I'm not entirely sure how that's all going to work. So we're just going to see how that kind of plays out. But at least we've got like a finish date for when this whole thing's going to be wrapping up. So, you know, it's um, actually just around the corner, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, do you think that's when they will open uh, casting for season two? You're pretty two, excited about this, aren't you? <laughs> well, I I want I don't, I don't know that I will apply for season two, but I really want you to, and I really want you to get on there, and I really want you to kick some ass. Yeah, well, I mean, great. I think I've. Uh, I think I've promised too many people who know now that I'm a Survivor fan that I kind of think I have to apply, but uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, but I, I'd be interesting to what? see if we do get into a season two because I, I I don't know what the ratings have been for this, but it seems to have been fairly popular. Um, and I think probably one of the things that's really helped it is that even though we've had two episodes a week and it's kind of at times felt like a little bit of a storytelling drag, I think the fact is we're only five weeks into this. We've got like four and a half, five weeks left. Like it's a pretty economic time frame like it's been squished into a pretty small time frame so i think people don't feel like it's dragging on forever and when you compare that to you know some of your shows like the block which feels like it goes on forever um and you know and even some of those <laughs> talent shows that you know like um you know yeah x factor and stuff like they feel like they're just gone for months and months and months yeah. and i think in in some ways at least this has kind of been captured into a small time frame and i think survival works best i think actually any reality show works best when it's done over a quick time frame so yeah, yeah. so yeah, we're, we're, we'll look forward as we find yeah. out some more information about how the finale is going to work and all that kind of thing. If we're able to tell you, then we'll definitely uh, keep you guys informed. But uh, anyway, let's let's rank this episode. So so where are you where are you putting this one, Perez? Oh, uh, this was probably a rent and not watch. <laughs> I'm sorry, so I, it's not a bin, but it's. It, it, I, I, I will rent you, but I probably won't watch you. <laughs> it's such a such a uh, we don't have a binary system. We've got a trinary system, um, but we we like to find ways around it, even though we've got that system. But um, I'm actually I'm going to go out on a limb and give this a buy because I think this is one of those ones that I think is quite important. If you've watched ten episodes of this, then this is one that it's kind of a lot of the storylines kind of coming to a head here, you know, like there's a lot of things that we've built to that get resolved in this. And I think, you know, like if you're somebody that, that wants to see the bad guys, you know, get their kind of comeuppance, then this is, this is the episode that it happens, you know, that the, the bad guys kind of get what's coming to them. And yeah, so I think in a lot of ways, it's really, really important to see this. Um, I think you kind of get an idea on, in terms of individual challenges and the importance of individual challenges. You know, we get a little bit of a comedic uh, passing out of a player, you know, there's some, there's some, some good, stuff there so um and for me oh. i think i always find this monday i think i've said it a lot i find this monday night episode much easier to digest because i think that the hour and a half episode um or you know the hour episode or whatever it is once you cut out the ads i think i find that to be just a bit bloated but this one i think even though it only has one challenge i do kind of feel like it's it's more economic storytelling so and you get the payoff from that sunday night episode as well so yeah i'm gonna give it a buy um i'm always the eternal optimist and you know i think we're, we haven't given it too many buys or rents but i overall i still am really enjoying you know the whole season and i'm enjoying talking about it which is you know it's important that we're coming out of each episode and we've got stuff to discuss which is great i'm gonna change mine i would it's i a, would it's a solid this, rent and that is it's a rent because I would definitely like to watch Bath Space again. <laughs> There's going to be a gif, eh? It's going to be on, on there somewhere tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she just looks so terrible. That was, that was actually the highlight yeah. of my Survivor Week. 
Bath yeah. space, winchy paint. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, we seem to have enjoyed it uh, to, to some degree, at least. But um, somebody who definitely hasn't enjoyed it, and uh, this is now going to be an ongoing feature for for this for the rest of the season, because I'm enjoying reading her tweets. They are hilarious, in that they are just so negative. Um, is we're going to do we're going to do Alice Bryan <laughs> from now on. Um, we need it. We need a sound effect or some kind of little song for this. But uh, that, that's not my area of expertise, so I'm not even going to try. But um, yeah, I, I, Alice Alice okay. Bryan for those that aren't aware, she's like. A <laughs> Kiwi comedian. We talked a little bit about her last week because she writes a column in the you know, Stuff News website every week about Survivor. So somebody gave her this job, even though she clearly hates the show. Which I just like the whole the irony of that is just so funny to me. Like we need to find somebody that wants to write about Survivor every week, and let's hope that they can give it a bit of a comedic spin. Hey, she's a comedian. Oh yeah, let's give her the job. Did anybody ask if she actually likes the show? No. Is that important? Uh, yeah, kind of is important. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I just I'm just going to pick out a, a selection of her her tweets and and read them to you and and see what you think about them. But her most recent one is 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 a beautiful thing, which is so Alice Bryan says the only thing I hate more than Survivor New Zealand are the people who genuinely like it and reply to my tweets taking it all serious. So oh, I think, shut the I think fuck the only up. thing that Nick. needed was at the end of it, it just needed her to say sad. And it would have been like a total Donald Trump tweet, that one. It was, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was just, yeah, she's just got a real chip on her shoulder. I mean, what else are we going to, what else can I say here? Um, some of them I actually do agree with, where she says, I think they should rename the show So Many Ad Breaks with Literally Nothing in Between NZ, as opposed to Survivor NZ. But uh, yeah, that was one of the other things. Uh, what else have we got? Um, can we hurry up and go to the vote so that the show is over? <laughs> this is somebody who's been oh paid to write God. about the show, I assume. Um, what else have we got? Oh my God, imagine being the host and having to literally commentate while someone has an actual stroke in front of you. Yeah. Oh, dramatic. Yeah. Stroke. Yeah. That wasn't, even, that's... even the immunity necklace okay. is shit compared to the American one. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what else? I miss Jeff Probst. <laughs> I like, brace yourselves for another extremely half-assed version of Survivor franchise immunity challenges about to start. It's like, yeah, it, it doesn't look the same as the American version, but if you were expecting this to look exactly like the American version, then you were probably not paying that much attention. Well, I would say you're probably not paying that much attention to New Zealand television in general if you're expecting a New Zealand show to match an American show. That is like yeah, a Yeah, I think that's probably, that's probably the answer to this next tweet, which was, if the series gets leaked to the world, our nation is at nearly as much risk of global embarrassment as Bill was with his pizza, which is obviously a reference to Prime Minister Bill English putting spaghetti on his pizza. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just like... The, the, we don't have to be as good as the American one. Like that's, that's the that's the facts of it. So yeah, I mean, Alice, you've got a real chip on your shoulder. Um, if you if you don't want the job of writing about Survivor, then I'll I'll do it for free. You know, I don't mind. I'll do it for the rest of the season for free, and then you don't have to watch the show anymore. And, and everybody's a winner. We can even put it under your name. I don't even have to have my name attached to it. She's just a professional. Yeah, and she's a comedian. Dance. I actually want to go and see one of her shows and see if she's like this when she does her shows. Oh, there are a lot of comedians, air quotations, that are not funny. She doesn't yeah. sound like she'll be funny. She sounds yeah. like... I, I, I do have to laugh because she's obviously made some comment. I, I, I've lost it now, but she's talking about... 
um, oh, that you know, why didn't we get a? Why wasn't there a helicopter came in for Barb or something like that? And and somebody's kind of come in and said, you know, they don't do that for every you know medical emergency on Survivor. It's only like the serious ones. And she's like, they did it for for season thirty three. And then like a minute later, she's like thirty two, the one that Brent, that um, Caleb played on. And it's like she's obviously like fact checking on Wikipedia as she goes. It's quite funny. <laughs> oh my god, she's 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 retarded. Like. It's a New Zealand television show. The prize, the top prize is $100,000. We can't afford no fucking helicopter. We chuck them in the back <laughs> of a truck. God, she's Yeah, dumb. and I guess probably because, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, do you watch the, the Bachelor? Was the New Zealand Bachelor as good as the American one? I don't know. I've got, I don't really have a, a series to compare this on. Um, pro- probably the only thing I can I, compare it on is um, when we had Kiwis on the Australian version of The Amazing Race. And that was pretty good, you know. I watched one episode of The Bachelor, New Zealand, and it was, I, it actually was so terrible. It was beyond brilliant. It was, it was spectacular. It was solid gold shit. It, sound, it was terrible. It sounds like the kind of thing that That's Alice brilliant. really enjoys, so maybe she should check that out. I think one of the things that I like kind of crack up about is like, Every time I sit down to watch Survivor, it's like I'm forced to watch the end of Shortland Street, which is on right before Survivor. And I think anybody that ever <laughs> says to me again about, oh, Survivor, you still watch that? That show's still on? It's like Shortland Street's just celebrating 25 years, and that was a piece of shit the day it started. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, that probably covers us for this week, really. I think we, uh, we'll continue our Alice Bryan watch next week. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's been good fun. I'm, I'm enjoying continuing to talk about this. Uh, and I'm having just as much fun, you know, ripping shit out of the New Zealand media who seem to, uh, to have these hot takes but don't ha- seem to have ever seen the show before, which is kind of weird. But, yeah, it is what it is, I suppose. I've been using Twitter a lot more recently because I made it like years ago but never used it. But now that we're watching Spy in New Zealand, I've been having a look. And I'm liking some of the comments about the show that I'm yes. seeing. I yeah, just want I think, to say uh, that. It's always fun to watch. So, I mean, that, that hashtag SurvivorNZ, it's worth just going and having a little look at that because there's, there's some... Some, as you just said, some solid gold shit on that as well. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah there is. I there was there was one that made me laugh. It was about Mike. Somebody said he he comes across as like a spoiled bratty rich kid that is used to getting his way constantly. Right. Okay. Which I thought was interesting because he doesn't strike me as that. Because I've sort of I've sort of had like a little love hate relationship with him this season, but he. I'm at the stage where he looks like the type of guy that would constantly be on the prowl on Tinder, <laughs> but he also looks like he could throw his Tinder date off the balcony. <laughs> He's um, the, the tosty of, of uh, New Zealand Survivor. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I think I've moved from being a Mike hater to a yeah, Mike I think fan. I'm, and I think Mike's one of our listeners, so uh, we'll definitely say hi, Mike. I think one of the things about Mike is that I think he's probably um, 
yeah, he's been made out to be the villain, so it's really hard to know exactly what's going on because you know he's deliberately been made out to to be the asshole of a show, and you know somebody has to be, and and um, you know you've got to love the villain sometimes. I think one of the things I notice about basically all these players is that they all seem to have really good observational skills. They know what the others are thinking, and whether that's just because as Kiwis we're not particularly good at, at hiding things, you know everything's out on display, um, but they don't always seem mm-hmm. to be particularly good at actively making a decision about that they just they it's like you know you always hear nate being like oh i can see what this person's up to i can see what that person and mike's the same like he's like oh yeah i can see that shannon's spending a lot of time talking to this person but doesn't appear to kind of act on that yeah they're they're, they're super observant slash yeah super yeah indecisive. it's a really interesting survivor combination i'm not sure it's something we've seen a lot of before no, we haven't. But since we're at the merge and we've got the whole pre-merge done, how do you think this stacks well, I think up it's so really hard far? Because I think in terms of like moments and characters, I think it's really good. But I think like as we keep going back to the struggle for me is the way the show's been presented in terms of you know we're getting an hour and a half, two and a half hours a week, sorry, and you know and I find that really really hard. Mm-hmm. To, to kind of deal with because it's you know i think that the best bits are kind of hidden in amongst a lot of stuff that we didn't need to see or we see five times um so i think generally the storyline yeah. and it would be really fun to actually you know if i had spare time is to, to go back and actually edit this thing down to what you know an hour for each week you know and see what that actually looks like because i think it would probably be quite a compelling show and i think there's probably just you, you kind of lose a lot of it because there's so much there Mm. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with and that. So it'll be interesting when we kind of get down to the, you know, like the final four or whatever, and we probably won't have the time to spend, you know, an hour before each vote talking about what they're going to do. It's just going to have to be bang, bang, bang. And I think you'll find this show stacks up just as good as a lot of the American seasons. So, you know, I'm actually, I'm looking, and I think probably the other thing too is I think a lot of our big kind of interesting characters have stayed around, like. You know, if you've had if you'd had like an yeah. Ivy and a Sala and a Nate and all those characters go early, then we I wouldn't be all that confident about where we're going with the season. But I think some of the best people talking to camera are still there, um, and I and I think that's really important as yeah. well because that's kind of what I a lot of the time I base, you know, my kind of pre-merge when you talk about is this a good pre-merge or not. It's like, well, did we lose a lot of big characters that you'd like to see going forwards? And if we did, then that worries me, and I don't I don't think that's the case here. Mm-hmm. No, I'm 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 pretty overall. I, I would, and in general, I'm quite satisfied with how it's gone so far. There are aspects that I don't like. There are aspects that I really do like. There are things that are a bit cringy New Zealand, but there are things that are really good. So I'm quite. With I think how probably it's the, so the two big things that I was really worried, well not worried, but I thought would be make or breaks for the show going forwards would be the quality, what it actually looked like, and and the cast, and mm-hmm. both of them, both of them have been knockouts same. for me yeah. in terms of we've got it right, you know, like it totally has worked. Um, so the other stuff around pacing and challenges and, and stuff like that, like I'm not as worried about that because to me that doesn't really matter. But I know a lot of people love challenges. So, you know, if they're not seeing big epic challenge sets, then they might be disappointed. But for me, it's not something that I really worry about all that much. 
Yeah. Nah, no, well, that's cool. Well, it's been it's been fun kind of unpacking this episode. We're looking forward to, to moving forwards and what seems to be a, a pretty uh, interesting start to the at least the first episode going going forwards, which I think is is really good because we kind of talked about that Sunday night episode can be where we have some of the issues. So we're going to start that off with a bit of a bang next time. So looking forward to that. Um, if you if you missed that little spoiler about who might be going, then I suggest you don't go back and watch the end of the last episode. Um, but yeah, no, look, looking forward to uh, to coming back and, and spending some more time with you next week so anything else you wanted to add Perez? no okay, well it's been not uh, at all it, it's been good fun and i <laughs> uh, look forward to to coming back and, and talking to you next week next week people thank you for listening to the oz network don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week for more information hit us up at the oznetwork.net